Warning! This podcast is different from other podcasts. These episodes contain dangerous choices, perilous tangents, and unwavering silliness. The choices made on this podcast may lead to success or disaster. But remember, you are responsible because you choose to listen. Good luck. I'm, yeah, I've never, I've never in my life been shit on by a bird. My wife has been shit on by a bird in Savannah, and you know what I did? You held uh, a bird over her and squeezed it. <laughs> no, I just reached out with my bare ass hand. And, wait, your dead ass hand? Yeah, your dead ass. No, hand. that's not how you do it. I'm sorry, that was my bad. I reached I worked, out with my dead ass. <laughs> I, I reached out with my bare hand and and dead ass wiped the bird shit off of her with my bare hand, and then like wiped it on my pants. If it's any consolation. It's, uh, you know, they just have a cloaca, so it's mostly pee. And come, Hey, and we're back. <laughs> Welcome to Booze Your Own Adventure. It's that show. It's, <laughs> you know what you're getting into. Welcome to Booze Your Own Adventure, America's number one bird cum podcast. Hey, Chris, would you say dead ass is a cloacaism? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, books. Books. Welcome to Booze Your Own Adventure. A podcast where three grown-ups try and beat a children's book. I'm Ian. I'm Chris. I'm Mark. And today, Mark's reading another D&D book. Ha ha! I win. Yeah. Uh, tell us about it, Mark. Yeah, so this book is called To Catch a Thief. It's by Matt Forbeck. We are the rogue. Fuck yeah. And this, is another one, this is another one of those endless quest books. That's uh, right. If anybody remembers that one from when we went to the Underdark and... Rode around on a bunch of spiders, I think. Endless Quest, it's just, I don't like that title for a series because I mm-hmm. think it is presumptuous, you know? What do you mean? Like, you're, well, at some point, the series has to end. In fact, there's a whole bunch of endings in each of these books. It should be like, quest full of endings. End full quest. So we are the rogue. That's very cool. Yes, we're the can rogue. Anybody, can anybody give me like a succinct explanation as a non-D&D player of what that means? Yeah, you are sneaky. Okay. And you can disarm traps. It's usually those two things. Okay. Uh, yeah, you fucked up and you should have played a wizard. <laughs> this is uh, your answer to 11 of the 12 D&D classes. It really yeah, is. That is. That is how Chris rolls, I think, as a wizard. Um, I... One time in Pathfinder, played a paladin character. You fool! And I, and I, yeah, I found that to be too restrictive. It, it did let me sort of explore what I thought was right and wrong. Yeah, if I recall correctly, you wanted to do a lot of like uh, body mutilation of enemies. Yeah, and then eat a dog stew, like eat an old dog stew. Yeah, this is all useless. Let's read this book. Woo! Let's read this book. Read this book. Ooh. I don't know how to feel about this character. She's a halfling, and she's okay. got a pretty decent charisma score, if you know what I mean. You, you press cloacas up against her, is what you're saying. I, I don't. I wouldn't. What's she doing with her left hand? It's it kind of like a gesture you make to say, like, you must be at least this tall. But she's uh-huh. three feet tall, so... Yeah, it's not very high. Uh, this book was written in 1998, and she is mocking gay people. <laughs> yeah. High-quality Griffin, also, while we're sort of waiting for it. Yeah. High-quality Griffin. Anyway... Read these fucking words, adventurer. <laughs> That's the Griffin talking to us. That's who's <laughs> talking to us. He's like, Don't, what do you think you're doing? I'm the Qu- sassy narrator Griffin, and I'm about to tell <laughs> you some shit, boy. Yeah, skip skip all my words, I guess, if you want to just fucking die like an idiot. Hey, kids, I'm Griffin Snack On Boy, and I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Snack On Boy? Yeah, the, the first sentence is, halt, adventurer, and read these words before you proceed. Jump into my bird mouth. <laughs> No, you didn't do it? All right, you passed the first test. You're Can you clever. imagine anything sadder than just coming out with all of my piss and cum after you're being digested? Oh That's the lower <laughs> half of a lion, Chris. Well, uh, I, cough, I cough up your bones because of my uh, bird, bird body, but I do shit all of your meat out. Jesus, wait, is that what uh, actual hawks and birds of prey do? Oh, yeah, they don't, they don't digest bones. They got the pellets. You never dissected it. Okay, this is a weird sort of flex. Man. Uh, <laughs> Chris, do you mean to tell me you never dissected an owl pellet for school? Uh, no. I also haven't. 
What? You guys, we went on an adventure trip uh, to the Chattahoochee Nature Center. And one of the things we like, we like walked through the woods and like looked at a, uh, they had a falcon. And then at the end of the day, they got these nasty green, they look like uh, lawn nuggets. Like after you've mowed sort of wet grass and it's like kind of clumpy. And they were like, all right, pull these apart. You'll find a mouse skeleton in each one. And they are the things that owls just barf up because that's how they deal with the bones. So owls can't shit. No, owls shit. Oh, they shit. They, they just shit. don't shit bones. They, they just don't they shit barf bones. bones. Yeah, they barf bones in a pe- bones and hair all come out in a little pellet and they stink and they got bones in them. Hey, nature sucks. Like if you believe in intelligent design, <laughs> like what are you into? You know, just like you see that and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A good thing created the universe. A bird's got to be light to fly. It can't be flying around with all the bones and fur. So that's that's dead weight. What are you going to do? Get get vitamins out of the bones and fur? We don't eat bones and fur. Okay, it's knives, but it flies. And then also it pukes all the time, but also when it comes, it shits. And vice versa. I'm drunk. I'm God and I'm drunk. <laughs> Nailed it. Next animal. <laughs> you guys, you guys, but you guys, you guys, it can see so fucking good. It can see so good. Right, right, right. I'm going to give it the best sight Amazing sense of smell. Also, it's going to spend most of its time puking or shit coming. Uh, I'm God, and I'm just a monster. <laughs> uh, up next, whales. Uh, wh- why do they breathe air? They live where the fish live. Why do they breathe air? What do we do? What do we do wrong? Uh, yeah, this has been BYOA Takes on Intelligent Design. Yeah, take that, science. Yeah, Chet make lukewarm theists, I think. Anyway, Griffin Snakanby has some words for you guys. <laughs> you are about to bark on a journey. Nope. You are about to embark on a journey. <laughs> God damn it. I'm, I'm very drunk. I don't have lips, but I ate the whole bottle of gin and... I can only bark on journeys because I have the mouth of a dog. <laughs> he has the head of an eagle, but the vocal cords of a dog, which is really... All of his inside guts are different, and too. And he has the eyes of an ant. It's fucking weird. Can't <laughs> see at all. You were about to embark on a journey to where only you could possibly say. This is not a journey for those who prefer to sit back and let others make the tricky decisions. Except for me and Chris, which is exactly what we're doing. Uh, this is a journey for a leader, a true hero. But also, you're the rogue, so you're actually a sneaky little dipshit. They don't, sound, they don't sound like good people, rogues. They don't sound like they're like morally strong people. They started as thieves, and then everyone hated playing with thieves, so they reskinned them as rogues. Also, someone mm. pointed out to me this week that reskinned is a really weird word that yeah, not everyone super uses. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, only only people oh. who remember having the first Nintendo DS where you could buy those stickers that would go all over them. Other than that, reskin is like it's not alive anymore. You have skinned it. <laughs> That is wild that uh, I like I use reskinned all the time and until literally just now, yeah. never thought like same. Oh, that's not a word that most people would associate with anything other than what's what's another literal instance of reskinning. I get it as a metaphor, but I don't I can't think of a thing in real life where you would say oh, the oh, skin oh. on this is bad. I need to take the skin off of this and then put on new skin. Queso. <laughs> Well, you don't put new skin on the queso. No, but you, you do, though. It puts itself on there. Yeah, it, it, time puts new skin on the queso. Yeah, sure, sure. But, like, you're not the one putting the skin on. The skin, the skin is going to be there over time. I don't know, but you wouldn't have been there unless you took off the original skin. Mark, I get it. Thank you, Mark, for clearing up that computer term for me. I get it, and I understand it. Time will reskin the queso. Whatever that was, I want that to be, like, the post-episode stinger. <laughs> it's a good one. We have a lot of choices already. Anyway, uh, this, is, this is a journey for a leader, a true hero. One who is not afraid to explore the depths of Skullport, steal from a beholder, or fight for the freedom of slaves. I'm glad that it said fight for and not over the freedom of slaves. <laughs> or just fight the freedom of slaves. Right, right. Or just fight slaves. I don't really want to... <laughs> None of those options are palatable. We're too heroic for all the things we just came up with. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. if this doesn't sound like you, turn back now and forget you ever came this way. But if this whiff of adventure has wet your appetite... Yes! I yeah, love that language. There it is it's again. so gross. Then forward with you, my friend, and good luck. All right. So let me see. I remember these books having uh, no shortage of character voices to figure out. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That last one where it's like, guess what? Here's eight people. Mm-hmm. You Here open in a bottle episode. Cool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you little thief! The hooded noblewoman says as she leans over you, your hands caught in her vice-like grip. 
as you gaze up at the woman staring back at you from under the cowl of her voluminous cloak. You realize Ooh. you've just tried to pick the pocket of none other than Laurel Silverhand, the open lord of Waterdeep. Capital O, capital L. I don't know what that means. If anybody could help me understand what that means, just real quick. Uh, it means that he's uh, he can lord with other cities. Well, it's a she. She can lord with other cities? Right. Like, she has, a, she has a clearly defined relationship with the vassals of her town that she could be the lord of multiple towns. Waterdeep is her primary, but, like, yeah. you know, she dabbles in Baldur's Gate. <laughs> and she would take, uh, sh- hang on. Fuck. <laughs> Here we hang go. On. Hold on. Hold on. What is the Skyrim? Don't tell me. Don't tell me the Skyrim <laughs> one. Hang on. The Elder Scrolls. Hang on. Don't tell me the Skyrim one. Is it just Skyrim? I don't fucking know. I don't play That's that not game. a land. What's a land? Skyrim, yeah. Land, Skyrim's a land. You can't be the lord of Skyrim. That's a whole It's like the whole country. Yeah, this is just a city, to be clear. What yeah, are you a city? Yeah, yeah. I was going to make a joke about, like, taking one of them to the ball because, like, they have, like, class. And then, like, going to the stock car races with the other one because they're fun and sort of country. Oh, uh, Bruma and, uh, oh, fuck. There's another one, right? Kvatch? Kvatch? No, that was uh, Oblivion. Whose wives are these? Mm, they're nobody's wives. That's why they're open. Fair. You cast about for a way to break free from her, but you, but you don't have wizard spells. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Chris shows up and nananas uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> Look at all these spells I could cast. Any one of them would help, but uh, I have I a cantrip can... literally for make your hand slippery. I have a cantrip where you can just make your hand slippery and then it, fall, it falls out of her grip. Real talk. I, I'll just press the digitation the person right now. They'd be like, ew, what's that touching the back of my neck? And then you could probably just slip away, but I'm not going to do that. You cast about for a way to break free from her, but you see that a patrol of the City Watch, Waterdeep's combination local police and militia force... Wait a second, they define City Watch, capital C, capital W, which is a thing, which is a concept that is well known to most people, but they don't explain what an open lord is. It's picking and choosing. Now has you surrounded. Their leader, a rough-looking woman with the middling rank of civilar... Completely unexplained makes a gesture, and two of the blades working for her race up and hold your arms tight as cold iron shackles. I, I read that as two of the blades working for her race <laughs> up and hold your arms. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> These are the Asian blades. No, that just sounds like gang warfare. Uh, you, dig too, you dig too deep, and you find out that, like, Lovecraft is not good. Yeah. is not oh good. Oh, my God. You guys, can we take a quick detour into just how racist hp lovecraft is i don't know we don't really do detours in this episode no yeah good point that's why we're still on page Page one one. yeah (laughs) oh man uh time for a protagonist voice let me look at this um sexy halfling lady on the cover she's sneaky she's short got kind of like a sassy vibe going on she looks exactly like roz from fraser she loves reading lists Okay, I've got this. We didn't do anything, you say. <laughs> you might as well be protesting that the half moon shining between Waterdeep's rooftops is the noonday sun. Am I right? Oh, boy. That's how, that's how they uh, shoehorn in explanations in these books. I suppose a grammy halfling like you had your hand in Lord Silverhand's pockets to help her scratch and itch, the Civilar says with a haughty laugh. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus, maybe he is working for her race. Yeah. I tripped, you say with as much honesty as you can fake. I apologize for steadying myself on her, but surely that's no crime. With a wry smile, Lord Silverhand shakes her head at you the way your mother used to when she caught you with your hand in the cookie jar. Not a very good thief, I think. If you've been caught with the cookie jar... Yeah, we're level one. Mm. There will be no lying your way out of this, you can tell. Oh, this went off to the prison in Castle Waterdeep, the Civilar orders the men of the city watch who surround you. And quickly, we... Oh, I just burped. Excuse me, <laughs> fellow Civilars. We, we have bigger fish... We have... Oh, we have bigger <laughs> fish to fry tonight. I've been taking the Waterdeep dragon stout too much. <laughs> this book is improv now. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Um, 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 uh, it's me, the chef. I'm. I cooked up a, a meal for everybody. Have a have a slice of pizza. Mom, I, I'm your civilar. No, you're not. 
Cut to the Civilar's birthday. Uh, uh, <laughs> happy birthday to Civilar. Happy birthday to Civilar. And scene. All right, all right, all right. Civilars, get in here. <laughs> all right, all you Civilars. We're, we're, we're doing low on Civilar profits, so we got to <laughs> think of some new ways to Civilar up the new millennium. <laughs> I don't think we can use uh, any of this. No, it's all bad. And also, like, it's the bad in the way that makes me also feel bad, you know? <laughs> we just knocked Ian off his game for the rest of the episode. No, 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 I'm fine, because, like, one of my primary going concerns is how much uh, I will never see another live improv show. <laughs> so this just reinforces my beliefs. Uh, what did this, uh, what did Lord Silverhand sound like? Old and angry. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, she sounds like a cronish, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It strikes me, Civilar Jalso, that our little friend here could help us with that, Lord Silverhand says. She gazes into your eyes and casts legitimacy. What does that mean? It's a Harry Potter joke. If you look into people's eyes and you're Snape, you can read their thoughts. Huh. You seem like a loyal and dutiful citizen of Waterdeep, after all, don't you? I love Waterdeep more than anything, you say. I had something stolen from my home tonight. I didn't have anything to do with that, you protest. Don't be stupid, Jalso says. The item was stolen by members of our local thieves' guild, of which you're clearly not a member, and it's already in the hands of their master, the Xanathar. I love that title. That title is way cooler than Civilar. The Xanathar is the title of the leader of Waterdeep's legendary thieves' guild. That alone would make him dangerous enough, but the current occupant of that position is a beholder, a floating creature about a yard across with a single eye in its middle and ten eye stalks, each of which can cast a deadly spell splayed around it. So, to be clear, the leader of a thieves' guild is a wizard. Well, is a monster that's better than a wizard. Yeah, fair. The, well, so he can't do normal stuff. What do you mean? Like, a wizard could just stop being a wizard and, like, pretend, pretend to have a normal life. A beholder is, like, pretty much always going to be a floating eyeball covered in eyeballs. That's true, that's true. Extremely racist of you, but okay. Prove me wrong. Does he, is one of his deadly spells to, to like transmogrify into like a human shape? One of them is disintegrate so he could become a pile of ashes. <laughs> now you know where she's heading with this. And you need me to get it back. Silverhand nods. It's vitally important that we recover it and we could use the help of someone embedded in the underworld, knowledgeable about its ways, but not loyal to the Xanathar. Someone... Like you. You eye her suspiciously. What was stolen? She purses her lips as though she is not going to tell you and then spits it out. A baby griffin. Yes. Try to bluff your way out. Turn to page six. Refuse to help. Turn to page nine. Agree to help. Turn to page 17. What the fuck? Already plan to steal the griffin from this lady and your and give it a name all your own. Turn to page forty one. Was literally reaching in her pockets hoping to find a griffin. Turn to page yeah. twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Choose on boy. Eats a boy. Eats a boy. Snacks on boy. Yeah. Snacks, snacks, snacks on, on boy. boy. <laughs> yeah, baby snacks on boy. A baby griffin. You try to keep the shock from your voice but fail. Does it bite? Yes, but I'd worry more about the claws. <laughs> Even on a baby, those talons are far sharper than the beak. That's weird, because I was thinking about danger, and I never really equated danger with sharpness, but I guess the sharper they are, the more dangerous they are, right? It's true. Unless they're but, bludgeoning weapons. Yeah, well, like a grizzly bear is not incredibly sharp, but I would probably not want to face one of those. But Yogi is smarter than the average bear. He's not sharp at all. He's, oh, that kind of sharp. Ah, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Pretty dangerous, because knowledge is power. Very dangerous. You rub your chin as if you're considering your decision, even though you've already made it. As dangerous as the griffin might be, disappointing the open lord of Waterdeep is sure to be a great deal more troublesome. Oh, it's the open lord of Waterdeep, not an open lord of Waterdeep. Lord Silverhand turns to you. If you manage to retrieve the little griffin and return her unharmed, rest assured that I can be quite generous in my gratitude, she says, stroking your inner thigh. Yeah, there's a lot of undertone. You hold back your urge to scoff at her, but you don't need to bring her wrath down on you by openly mocking her. If you have the griffin in hand, though, that should be enough to shake loose something from the lord's pockets. At least, that's what you tell yourself. 
Or just keep the griffin. Just keep the griffin. Yeah, take the griffin and run. Take the griffin. Take, take the griffin and run. And run. Uh, train the griffin to steal for you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That would be the best double team. And when it's big enough, you could ride it places. You could go griffin grifton. He's a partner and a getaway vehicle. Like, you start playing basketball, and you're not very good. And then two other people come up, and they're like, you want to play for money? And you're like, yeah, but I need somebody to play with. Uh, oh, what about this griffin, right? And then, like... The griffin starts by not being very good, but it turns out that griffin is a fucking shark, and they you just you just go from blacktop to blacktop with you and your griffin pal just grifting everybody. Airbud Faerun. <laughs> <laughs> Won't the griffin eventually grow large enough to eat him? He'll take the time to train it to be loyal to him. Jalso says. God, I wish Jalso was gone already. He's the least interesting character. That's a she too, though, Mark. I wish Jalso was gone already. She's the least interesting character. <laughs> we believe he wants to raise it as a mount for one of his lieutenants. Yeah, not for himself, because he's, a, again, floating eyeball monster. Can't ride a griffin. Another downside of being a beholder. Maybe he could ride a griffin. I mean, he could float on top of a griffin. Yeah. The griffin could ride him. Wait, hang on. Yeah, like, so what if, like, uh, what if he, while he's floating, a griffin kind of, like, shimmies up under him? Yeah, I think the griffin can, like, lift him. It can supply, like, additional lift from below. It's like the old Magneto thing, where, like, Magneto can't really fly, but he can make metal fly, and then he can stand on top of the metal. Imagine the havoc such a creature could wreak upon our populace if it was left under Xanathar's control. You grimace as you give up on the idea that the Lord... Time out. Imagine the havoc such a creature could wreak... Xanathar is a beholder. He can shoot disintegrate rays from his eyes every turn. <laughs> yeah. And you're afraid of a, a flying lion eagle? He was just waiting for that, the, the tipping point, right? The, the thing to sort of uh, put his power over the edge. It's this baby lion eagle. Now that he can fly everywhere, he can disintegrate anything. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> he has no vertical bounds anymore. Yeah. You want me to start poking around the thieves' guild, right? How many thieves do you think are going to be caught dead talking to me if I waltz up to them with a city watch on my tail? He has a point, Lord Silverhand says. He? Are we a boy? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Uh, maybe. Mm. Could we be a small boy? With breasts? Eh, maybe. I think, I think the book, mm, all right. And a skirt, and definitely a skirt. I think this, this book committed the cardinal sin of using a pronoun for the main character, breaking my immersion. Uh, yeah. yeah, my immersion is shattered. I don't believe that any of us is this character anymore. I don't believe there is an open lord of Waterdeep. Guys, does Pharaoh even exist? Whoa. What's a beholder? You're going to have to trust me, you tell the lord. <laughs> Sorry, I'm imagining that's like a prayer. <laughs> yeah. God, just go with me on this. <laughs> it's a, let me get this straight. So it pukes bones out the front of it, and then it's just got one hole in the back? Yeah, but trust me, it's also going to be able to fly and eat rats. It has the best sight. And beholders will steal it. Fair enough. She bends down and gazes right into your eyes. Don't give me cause to regret it. Then she turns to Jalso. I assume you can take it from here? I need to return to my manor. The Civilar gives her a firm nod. Start asking questions around town. Page 26. Ask the Civilar what you should do. Turn to page 28. The fuck? Yeah. Uh, that's a non-choice, right? Because the Civilar already proved that she is just a big dummy and doesn't know anything about thieves. And also, like, our one power is making decisions. Are we really going to delegate that to NPCs? Extremely yeah. hilarious, though. The Just the idea of, like, look, I want to use you for your expertise to steal this griffin back. Okay, yeah, you can trust me. Definitely. Hey, what should I do? Yeah. I've seen, like, every episode of Leverage. <laughs> uh, so we're going, to, we're going to page 26, Ask Around Town? Yeah. yeah. All right. Waterdeep's a big city, but a griffin is the kind of thing that attracts attention, even if it's only a baby. Especially if it's only a baby. They're so cute. They're so cute, and they don't kill you yet. Their feet are so big, you can tell they're going to grow into their feet. One can't exactly wander about with a beast on a leash without getting noticed. Remember that corn song, Beast on a Leash? Mm -hmm. Feeling like a beast on a leash. It had the really good music video mm -hmm. where they shoot an arrow through all the stuff and it pops. Uh, yeah, and then the bridge is just like the griffin making those noises. Uh-huh. Griffin noises. Just, just shrieking griffin noises. You take your leave of the Civil R. Yes. 
She scowls at you until you disappear from her sight, making sure you know that she's never going to let you walk away from this job as she lets you walk away. Yeah, without getting your name or like any identifying information. Yeah, you're in a city of millions. We thought you were a woman until very recently. Determined to do your best, you head down to your favorite tavern and start asking around about the missing creature. The Halfway Inn is the kind of place where adventurers tend to gather, either to celebrate their latest success or to plan their next dungeon delve. Or to like get drugged. What happened? We got drugged in the, that's the last thing we remember. Yeah. In the other book. Yeah, but that was a different person. We're not, we're not going to fall for that. We're sneaky. Yeah. You're not looking for any partners on this particular job, since no one else would be foolish enough to get wrapped up in such troubles, but adventurers are the sort of people who pay attention to things like griffins on a professional basis. <laughs> That's the weirdest justification for, like, talk to a person. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, your, like, it's your icebreaker, right? Like, hey, I saw you from across the bar, and I just figured that professionally you would know a lot about griffins, and I had some griffin questions I wanted to ask you. <laughs> Listen, based on the kind of armor you're wearing... I couldn't help but notice that... Uh... Yeah, that, that giant blade the size of you on your back. Mm -hmm. uh, quick question, do you work with griffins at all? Listen, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm actually a ranger, and I just picked up all this stuff. I'm actually a ranger. I already have an animal companion. I don't want to lead you on. Nah. Uh, but I'll take that drink, though. You run into a sailor who's fresh off a buccaneer ship that just sailed into the harbor. It's his first time on dry land since he was kidnapped out of Baldur's Gate. I don't know about no griffin! He says to you, <laughs> in fact, I don't know much about this fine city of yours at all, but I was just chatting with someone who seems pretty wise about such things, if you know what I mean. Is it exactly what you said or is it something different? Because I know what you <laughs> said, but is what you mean something different from that? Because sailors speak in riddles. Why did you just <laughs> wink at me? <laughs> Maybe he can point you in the right direction, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Stop winking. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell where you're looking. You keep winking and turning your head. You have eye patches over both your eyes. The sailor takes you on a winding route through the tavern, which apparently has more rooms in it than you ever knew. Yeah. Eventually, he stops at a table at which sits an older man with a sharp beard and even sharper eyes, ten of them on eye stalks, and he's floating uh, above the table. Uh-oh. He doesn't have a name, but you know he is the Xanathar. The man shakes your hand and gestures for you to take the chair next to him then puts aside the tattered notebook in which he's been scratching away with his quill. Hello, my friend, the man says with a wide and friendly smile. My name is Volotharp Gedarm, but you can call me Volo. <laughs> good, good. Everyone else does. Yeah, it's because your name is a ridiculous smattering <laughs> of syllable. <laughs> has anyone ever told you your name is terrible and stupid? Yeah, listen, I'm not good at icebreakers. <laughs> You look like you've seen a griffin, and I hate your name. Yeah. Hey, cool book. Uh, your name's bullshit. Have you seen this bird beast? You explain your predicament to Volo, and he listens with rapt attention, stroking his beard as you speak. When you're done, he sits back to ponder your, your story, and after... What, Ian? I'm just stroking his beard as you speak is a lot different from stroking your beard as he speaks. Like, <laughs> <I'm just laughs> switching up those pronouns just a bit. Stroking his beard. Stroking your beard as he speaks. I'll tell you everything I know, but you gotta let me put my fingers through those, those wiry wires. Oh, what the hell? W were you eating salted octopus just before this? <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell me. I like to feel a beard, taste my hand, guess the food. Uh, don't, don't tell me. Ooh, found some money. Put that in the bank. <laughs> this is dried corn. Was it dried originally, or did you put it in here for birds, or was it wet corn that got dried because it stayed in your beard? Anyways, I'm Volo. Call me Volo. <laughs> when you're done, he sits back to ponder your story, and after a moment takes a long sip of his drink, then speaks. It seems like there's a rash of disappearances recently. Everywhere I go, people who are missing things. Then he sits forward and slaps the table between you, causing you to jump. The trouble, young'un, is that you're looking in the wrong place. If the Xanathar has this terrible infant you speak of in his nefarious custody, then he's sure to not leave the little tyke up here in Waterdeep proper, where the city watch might find it, and have him at their mercy. Except for that he's a beholder, like, okay. As soon as he laid hands on the beast, he would have taken it to his headquarters in Skellport. Mark, your voice is like if Ernest from the Ernest movies was also Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh, yes. 
It's like very earnest in content and Macho Man in delivery. And I love it. I can't love it more. Ernest fights Hulk. <laughs> Ernest is the cream of the crop. I thought I was going to miss not having that sailor voice be a uh, main character. But in retrospect, I, you, we, I, I feel good about this one. Yeah, this has been a tremendous vocal journey. Yeah. By the gods, I don't want to have to venture into such a dark and dank den of villains. Did you call it a wretched hive? Uh, a miserable pit of, uh, of depravity? And meanness? A bad place of naughty naughty. Like a shitty house of jerkheads. A dumb place of stupid. <laughs> uh, Fart City. <laughs> what? Skullport. Fart City. After all, Skullport is merely a few levels down the very under mountain atop of which this city was built. Oh my god, there's so much lore to unpack. Why do they call them levels? What is an undermountain? You know all about Skullport, even though Ian doesn't. Even yeah, though don't. you've never been inside of it. It's an entire underground city built inside of a massive cavern through which runs an underground river called the Sargoth. But it's not part of the Underdark? It's part of the Undermountain. But it's still dark and underneath other stuff. Look, the Underdark is actually the Under-Under-Mountain. The Undermountain is just the Underwater Deep. Yeah, What's... but how deep can that water be if there's a mountain underneath it? Are we under the water? Yeah, we're under, the, like, the channel. Underwater Deep, Under-Mountain, Under-Dark. Just going back to channel real quick. Chummel, it's the channel but filled with chum. <laughs> just want to put that mental image into everyone's heads. Chummel. Is it is it like full though? So like you can't really use it as a tunnel because you have to basically you machete your way through all this chum. No, there's just enough space on the top that you can come up for air. Uh huh. Like in uh, uh, daylight that. Uh... But it's air that you do not want to breathe. No, it's things like chum. It's chum air. Chum air <laughs> featuring Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was the uh, nationalized airline of Ireland until 2007 when it privatized. Chum air bud. Chum air bud. Chum air bud. Yeah. Don't lose that. That's good. That's a good one. It's just Jaws with a golden retriever instead of Quint. Wait, so there's a giant dog in the water eating all the swimmers? Oh, that's a better one. Yeah. And he has to, and then he, he eats, and then he eats Robert Shaw? I don't know. I still like the, I really like the idea of it's just Jaws, except the grizzled old fisherman is played by a, a golden retriever. <laughs> that's, it's a very D&D-esque thing, right? It's an anthropomorphic dog man who's, yeah. who's a talented shark hunter. I'll kill your shark for you, but I'm going to chew on it, too, because I like to chew on stuff. To be honest, I'm just in it for the bones. Yeah. Hey. Hey. And on that note, we can go back to the book. But you realize that Volo was correct in his estimation, no matter how much you'd rather he wasn't. If the Xanathar has the baby griffin, he's sure to have hauled the creature off to his headquarters in Skullport. God, these sentences are incredible. I like that one. That's a bottle sentence for this whole first 20 pages. If the Xanathar, questions, has the baby griffin, questions, he's sure to have hauled the creature off to his headquarters in Skullport. More questions. Even the city watch would be afraid to follow the beholder into his lair down there. Lair, lair down, down there. there. Yeah. That's like a 90s movie, right? It's a really good one. Okay. That's like an old 40s sort of slapstick uh, uh, film. Sounds dangerous. Too dangerous. Turn to page 81. The den of scum and villainy it is. Turn to page 40. Scum, scum and villainy. villainy. <laughs> it's the sequel to Thelma and Louise. Looks like I'm going to Skullport, you say as you bury your head in your hands. You know how to get there? I just have to find my way through a couple levels of the dungeons buried underneath Undermountain, you groan. Sure! <laughs> Volo laughs good-naturedly. No, no, Mark, good-naturedly. Yeah, that was the least, le least good-natured laugh I think I've ever heard in my life. Very bad-naturedly. Sure! <laughs> Friend? If you want to do it the hard way... That's who you sound like. What? The Simpsons guy with the mustache. Fuck, I don't, I've never seen an episode of The Simpsons. Comic book guy? No, the one, his neighbor. He's got glasses and Ned two Flanders. sons. Ned Flanders. You've never seen an episode of The Simpsons? Ah, uh, no, not start to finish. I've seen some segments from... That is incredible. The, that is genuinely impressive. Yeah, but I have absorbed a lot of it because I am an American, uh, and I grew up with The Simpsons all around me. The Simpsons are like pop culture reference mecca, you know? like Yeah, that's why I know so much about them, because everybody else won't shut the fuck up about their, their cool yellow noses and the way that their hands only have three fingers. 
Oh man, guys, remember how their eyes are like really big circles and they're white and they have little, uh, God, I love the Simpsons. <laughs> My favorite part is how Homer's hair is just two lines. Guys, it's like a throwback to Charlie Brown. What is going on with that hair? Is Maggie ever going to grow up? She shot Mr. Burns. I have never seen the show. <laughs> I don't know why I know that. My apologies. I just assumed someone with your skills would have a half dozen ways in and out of such a place already mapped in your head. But clearly, I was mistaken. You, you try to sort of hide your level one badge from his <laughs> gaze. Yeah. It's okay, you say as you rise to leave. I'll find a way out of my own. You hope the DM gives you 50 experience for talking to this NPC. Yeah. You have to go, you have to go farm a bunch of levels. You're going to just start, start fights in this bar. Yeah. You fight a bunch of pigeons. Because uh, it's RuneScape. <laughs> or EverQuest. I don't know how games work. Volo blushes and puts out a hand to stop you. Have you heard of the yawning portal? Wow. 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 Stop. We got to unpack this. <laughs> Volo blushes and puts a hand to, out to stop you. Oh, no. He's not blushing for any reason. He's like an old man. He's writing in a book. He doesn't give a fuck. He's <laughs> blushing because he wants to introduce you to the yawning portal. Have you seen my yawning portal? Too much sex in this book. This is filthy. Are you a sympathetic yawner? <laughs> I've used it before, you say, but it's hardly a direct route to Skullport. Of course not, Volo says, but there's another place around the corner from there that has just such a route, though it's not for the timid, I'm afraid. <sighs> Heartened to hear that you might not have to brave Undermountain to reach your goal, you slap a hand on the table in front of the man. Just tell me where it is. Uh, shortly, you find yourself staring, <laughs> as you, if by teleportation. Yeah, you hit your hand so hard, all you black out. <laughs> you take four <laughs> points of bludgeoning damage from the table. Yeah. Uh, shortly, you find yourself standing in a night black alley, handing a gold piece to a hooded man who stares at you with bulging, unblinking eyes, rubbing his yawning portal. Yeah, Christ. Can we count the adjectives in that one sentence? Sure. And, and adverbs. I would like uh, all modifiers, please. So, shortly, uh, night black, gold, hooded, uh, bulging, unblinking. That's six, I think. He bites your coin to verify its worth, then opens a hatch set into the wall at the end of the alley, beyond which you see nothing but darkness. In you go. You step up to the edge of the hatch, then hesitantly turn to ask the man a question. But before you can get out a single word, he boots you into the shaft beyond. <laughs> shaft beyond, the sequel to the yawning portal. <laughs> yeah. In the edge of the hatch, evil will find you. The shaft is ankled. Uh, and greased. All right. <laughs> the shaft is angled and greased with something you'd rather not think about. Wow. Jeez, it just, it just keeps going. It's the hotel's cloaca. <laughs> you slide down the twisting and turning shaft for what seems like forever <laughs> you plummet through the air and splash into the dark waters of the Sargoth spluttering and chilled but unharmed nope yep spluttering what the fuck is that word <laughs> yeah, you got some water you got some of that nasty stink water in your mouth and you have to splutter it out you try yeah. to say sputtering but you bubble words out because of the liquids as you near a dock you spy two groups of people watching your approach one seems to be a pack of pirates, while the other seems to be composed of the regular kind of scum that lives in Skullport. <laughs> so they just, both these, both these groups of people just watch some idiot fall into the river, yeah. splutter, uh -huh. and like, now they're kind of swimming. And, and they, do you think they notice that you notice them? Uh, I guess we're about to find out. Approach the pirates or approach the regular scum? I like the, I like the idea of regular scum, just like... Everyday shitbags, you know? Yeah, they don't, they don't have their own agenda. Ah, uh, and everyday shitbags. You swim for the group of locals, and they reach down and haul you out of the river before the current drags you away. They're a motley crew of thieves and murderers. And you, didn't, you have not met them, and you are already judging them. <laughs> it's true. They have name tags that say <laughs> thief, murderer, and also their names. Yeah. An emerald lizard woman named Slas. I shit you not, there's a lot of S's in there. Yeah, there are six total S's in otherwise what is just the word slash. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's the word slash. Oh, no, we gave, we gave Mark a name that has letters in it like Gorga. <laughs> <laughs> G-O-R-R-G-A. A gray deep gnome called Fundunson. <laughs> <laughs> Fundunson. 
<laughs> that fun dunce on. Yeah, he talks in the third person. You know he talks in the third person. Fun done, son, done. Fun, son, son. Give, quick slash, give him his pill. He's having an episode. <laughs> uh, and a one-armed crimson tiefling with bright fangs who calls herself Helene. But her name's just <laughs> Helen. That's actually a trick I heard for improv names is just take a really normal name and change one letter about it. Yeah. So <laughs> instead of Steven, your name is Stegan or something. And cool, you got a dumb improv name. Despite their appearances, they seem friendly enough for scum and murderers and thieves. Yeah. They snarl at the pirates until they scuttle away. <laughs> good, good. Oh, shit, they were pirate crabs, guys. Yeah, we could have made some weird friends. Yeah, but instead we made these weird friends. Yeah. And then they fuss over you a bit and haul you into a nearby tavern called the Blind Fish, because we're just getting kicked from tavern to tavern to tavern in this adventure. Yeah. <laughs> to get you dry and warm. God damn it. Did we just... Is this our adventuring party? Did we just literally yeah. just like swim yep. to an adventuring party? Uh. Yep. It took us one hour and four minutes to get an adventuring party. Yeah. Once you're feeling a little better, you start peppering your friends with questions about the Xanathar and his possible involvement with the disappearance of a baby griffin from a certain lord's estate up above. Also, pepper. You pepper them with pepper? Yeah. Yeah. You pepper them with peppers or like ground pepper? Do you think you're throwing like whole green bells at them or like sprinkling? Oh, ground peppers. Those, bell peppers are expensive, man. Also, it's pretty hard to subtly drop bell peppers on people, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking like a subtle, like a, just like a little spritz on their hands when, when they're talking and you, you're maintaining eye contact, of course, so they don't really notice. There's nothing subtle about peppering. It's like they talk to you and they're like asking you about your stuff and you're looking into your drink and then you look straight at them in the eyes and say like, what do you know about a griffin? <laughs> Yeah, peppering I think of as like uh, like what shotguns do. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I'm from the surface world. I like to surf. What do you know about this baby griffin? Maybe a particular crime lord who is a beholder. His name is the yeah. Xanathar. My favorite uh, movie is You've Got Mail. Uh, also, do you know where this baby animal is? Mm -hmm. They glance at one another and you notice their hands moving for their knives. Look! You, already, you gave him a voice. Look! Fun Dunson says, The Xanathar has a very strict rule about people talking about him. That sounds like a fun Dunsun line. That's right. Slash hisses. And those who break it in public like this are either brave or stupid. And also worth quite a bit in the way of a reward. Uh, Helene flashes her fangs at you. It's nothing personal. That's rude. So they're going to try and turn you in for a reward for just like talking? Well, then you shouldn't consider this personal either. You say just before you leap atop the table and kick Slash square in the teeth. She goes reeling backwards and crashes into a nearby table, knocking it over as she falls. Guys, we're finally rolling for initiative. Yeah. Helene and Fun Dun Sun swing at you with their knives, but you leap off the table into the next one, spilling all the food and drink there onto its occupants. You hop from table to table like a frog, disrupting as many meals as you can and eating flies with your gross tongue <laughs> yeah. and angering nearly everyone in the tavern. We're not just a boy, we're a boy frogman. Yeah, new objective. Uh, ruin as many dinners as possible. These are all thieves and murderers. They deserve to have their dinners ruined. Yeah. For some people, this might be a problem. For you, it's all part of the plan. Bullshit. Yeah, you fell into the river like five minutes ago. <laughs> you don't have a plan. You finally reach the bar and leap over it to hide. They all know where you went, dude. Yeah. She tries to follow, but the bartender sees her coming. He stops her cold with a short club. But he's totally cool with you jumping over it. Yeah. Help! You scream at the top of your lungs. Those three are traitors to the Thieves' Guild. They were asking questions about the Xanathar. What? Helene cries as the bartender takes a swing at her with his club and nearly misses. That's not true at all. You're lying. <laughs> you peer over the top of the bar, happy that it's between you and Helene, and scoff at her. How dare you say such things about me? I'm a thief, not a liar. You lie? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Passing your lie check. The other patrons in the tavern don't seem to care who's telling the truth. I say we take them all in for the reward, one man says. All of them. What a, what a buck wild reward system where it's like, <laughs> yeah, bring me anyone who's talked about me and I'll pay you some money. Like, if this isn't Blood Meridian all over again, I'm just going to fucking haul everybody's asses to the Xanathar. Yeah. Yeah, these guys did it too, Xanathar. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit, I just did it. I said your name out loud. Oh, no. Rather than having just three people after you, you now have to face down the entire bar. These are not good odds. 
The bartender, a white-bearded orc with a patch over one eye, turns to... That is a dash between white and bearded. So it's an orc who's definitely got green skin, but with a white beard. Mm -hmm. Not a white orc who also has a beard. That's just that's just like the the man that Shrek turns into. Right. It's not an albino bearded orc. It's an orc with a white beard. Yeah. Uh, a white bearded orc with a patch over one eye turns his attention to you, and you try to scoot between his legs. He grabs you before you make it too far, and he hoists you up in front of him so he can look you right in the eye. Listen, in the in like D and D, when you're doing moves, mm -hmm. I know there's like I know jump is a move, and climb is a move, and swim is scoot a move. You can do a scoot and then a five foot. Five foot scoot for free. Yeah, five foot scoot for free and then a move. Now, the thing about scoot is that you have to be moving at some speed to scoot. So you, so you can't like, it's not a free action. You can't prepare your scoot. You can ready a scoot. How do you ready a scoot? Like just mentally? Like I'm going to slide, I'm going to, or you slap on some knee pads. Well, usually you give the, G, the GM some conditions. So you say like, if that guy draws his blade, my scoot yeah. is going to go off. Yeah, that will, <laughs> that will trigger my scoot. Mm -hmm. Ah, you <laughs> triggered my scoot. <laughs> Beware, my mighty scoot. Uh, halflings get scoot trigger as a racial ability. Uh, that's a whole lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> scoot, scoot trigger. <laughs> uh, scoot uh, trigger's the name. If you want to make your way into the cyber pyramid, yeah. I'm your man. That is a state representative f uh, in, in the Mississippi legislature. <laughs> scoot trigger. <laughs> He's been there for years. They forget about him. He represents a district of, get this, just his family. Scoot, <laughs> Scoot is a nickname, but he was named after a horse. Yeah. His, fa his whole family was named after a horse. His family is descended from horses. <laughs> <laughs> he did one of those 23 and Me's and got like a bunch of scientists at his door. <laughs> They're like, we're sorry. Uh, you appear to be the missing link between man and horse. <laughs> What's a morsel like you doing here? He asked with a vicious laugh. <laughs> and then weeps. <laughs> his tears pull up under his eye patch. He like releases it all at once like a trombone spit valve and it just gets all down his shirt. Yeah, orcs have trombone spit valve as a racial ability. <laughs> um, you spit in his good eye and bite his thumb hard. Good, good call. Romeo and Juliet reference. <laughs> do, you, do you bite my thumb at me? I spit in your good eye at you, sir. No, sir, but I do bite it, sir. Is the law on my side if I say aye? Uh, when the bartender lets you go, howling in pain, you clamber back atop the bar and spy a window you might be able to leap through. Go for the window. Turn to page 69. <laughs> oh, damn hey. nice page. Yeah, decision made. Never turn your back on a fight. Turn to page 71. Uh, we always turn our back on a fight. What we just did by setting this whole thing up was an attempt to turn our back on a fight. So you're saying we turn our back on a fight. That's my vote. What do you think, Chris? Oh, man, I do, but I like a fight. Like, me, Chris, I like a fight, but I feel like a, a rogue probably isn't great at fighting, right? Yeah, but on the other hand, we could end the book with a fight. Good call. Let's fight. Every fight move we've done, we've been successful at. That's true. And every th we literally started with failing a thief move, so... Yeah, we're probably secret fighters. You've had enough of people pushing you around today. You see Slash racing toward you, trying to cut off your avenue of escape. She thinks she has you, but she's wrong. You decide it's time to try your luck with an entirely new tactic. Guns. Yeah, you pull out a gun. <laughs> You've had a gun the whole time. <laughs> you turn the tables on Slash and charge straight at her. Was that literally turn the tables? Because we've been running over Could tables be. and turning some There's over. There's a lot of tables. Yeah. Tables are in play. Yeah. Your move catches her off guard. She tries to stop your forward momentum, but she winds up skidding toward you. You lash out with a swift kick to one of her knees, and she goes tumbling over the top of you and sliding along the floor. Do you think you can go straight from scoot to kick? Can you, can you kick from a scoot? Free action. You scoot, and then you, then you can take any other action. <laughs> As a free action, you can take any action? That's free. Halflings are OP. <laughs> Halflings are bullshit cheese, and you're not allowed to use them in my game. <laughs> They get plus two to dex, and also every action is a free action. So they can do infinity things per turn. Ooh. Well, it's only if they scoot first. Definitely <laughs> if they scoot. And something has to trigger the scoot. Yeah, yeah, it has to be a triggered scoot, and then you get a free action. Okay, here we go. How about this as a scoot trigger? Anything happens. This is why you shouldn't design RPGs, Ian. Yeah, I've painted myself into a lot of corners, and I don't even know the mechanics. I like to scoot and then cast wish. Damn it. I, rules are <laughs> written, you know? The lizard woman spins around onto her back, probably expecting to spy you fleeing the tavern's door. Instead, she finds you leaping on top of her and pummeling her with your cute little halfling fists. You have so many knives. 
She tries to fight back, but you refuse to let up, punching her again and again until your arms begin to tire. You don't know how much time has gone by. <laughs> Hours. This is that scene in Fight Club where Edward Norton beats the fuck out of somebody because he wanted to destroy something beautiful. Yeah, Jared Leto's face, he pulls up and it's all bad. Is it Jared Leto? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely haven't watched Fight Club since I found out Jared Leto is a person whose name I should know. I like 30 Seconds to Mars. I, I'm not a big fan of like any particular Jared Leto roles. Uh, I, I'm a ride or die for Suicide Squad, friends. Are you really? Yeah. No, God, no. It's <laughs> a terrible film. <laughs> I did watch that one. I walked out of Batman v Superman, but I did watch all of Suicide Squad. You don't know how much time has gone by. It seems as if you've been at this for an hour already. When you stop to take a breath, you discover that you've knocked Slash unconscious. Now I'm picturing the guitarist from Guns N' Roses. Uh-huh, but with green skin. I've been picturing her that the whole time. And also, they should have named everybody after Motley Crue members, yeah, right? that would have made more sense, yeah. Helene appears out of nowhere and clocks you Helene. across the chin with her one arm. She packs an amazing punch, causing you to see stars as you go sprawling along the tavern's floor and slam to stop against someone's boots. Following them slowly upward, you realize they belong to Fundunzun, who glares down at you with a snarl on his lips as he draws his short sword from its scabbard. We should have let the river have you! The deep gnome says as he slashes at you. You dodge out of the way and reach for your own knife. You had a knife this whole time! But you just love punching. Yeah, for hours. <laughs> While Fun Son and Helene just kind of like watch. I'm like, wow, they're really fucking up our friend. <laughs> the second she slows down, I'm going to get in there. But, but I'm not, I'm not going to get in there until then. I mean, look Gosh, at she her. Looks so, she looks so mad. It's actually a pretty impressive feat of endurance, right? Like, I can't punch a punching bag for an hour. Yeah, you were like, I want to punch him for an hour. And the DM was like, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> Roll. Uh... Well, the round is six <laughs> seconds. So I guess you could do that a hundred times. <laughs> Roll endurance, 20. Okay, yeah, sure. That, you do that. You punch for one hour. Despite being a renowned thief, you're no murderer, and you prefer to keep your hands clean. In Waterdeep, taking out a knife to defend yourself means that everything has gone wrong and you've somehow failed to talk your way out of suffering the consequences. Your hands aren't clean. They're covered in bruises and scales and lizard blood. <laughs> and chum. Yeah, just, just so much chum. Dripping with chum. <laughs> dripping with chum. The Chris story. Gross. <laughs> Helene snickers as she comes up behind you, brandishing a dagger of her own. You spin about, trying to keep her and Fun Dun Sun from surrounding you as the rest of the patrons in the tavern brawl all around just for the fuck of it. They just needed an excuse. Yeah. They're a powder keg. It happens every week. It's uh, you came down to the under mountain on a Saturday. That's what happens. No, you came down on Fun Dun Sunday. <laughs> hey, there it is. Nice. And that's our show. <laughs> Keeping an eye on both of them proves a challenge, but you're not about to give up now. You know who can keep an eye on both of them? A beholder. A beholder. Yeah. With ease. And eight more, at least, and so many rays. Plus, he's got that griffin. Yeah, he does. We don't even know that for sure. We, that's just, that's all speculation, too. That griffin is an adult by now, too. Yeah, she just, the, the, the high, or lord, whatever her name was, she just forgot to put, to lock up the griffin at night, and now she needs a scapegoat <laughs> for her own foolish griffin handling. She needs, an, uh, she needs a scapegoat for her escape griffin. The second, the second we left, she just, uh started the process to get the insurance money for that griffin uh-huh oh look i filed a report i sent somebody down to the undermountain about it but uh still hadn't turned up meanwhile she's like buried a dead griffin in her backyard <laughs> also she took out a life insurance policy on you oh layers typically we'd uh, at least need that person's signature but uh i mean you're the open lord of Waterdeep. you wouldn't lie about this right or their name you just said there will be a dead halfling washing up in the sewers in a week and yeah cool we'll take that oh, you got the gender wrong but but yeah you know, the open lord of Waterdeep, I guess, uh, fuck us, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Xanathar prefers we bring people to him? Still breathing, Helene says. But it's not really necessary. He can get information out of the dead. It's just a little trickier. That's the coolest thing I've heard in this whole book. I don't know. Chum Tunnel. Chummel, please. Yeah, no, that wasn't in the book. Baby Griffin's cool too, but like, getting information out of the dead? What? I want that. You pin them down and shovel them with your fists. <laughs> the tiefling stabs at you and you parry her attack with your blade. While you're occupied, though, Fun Dun Sun slashes at you and the tip of his sword nicks your side open. You stagger backward, clutching at your ribs with your free hand. You realize that you're going to have to kill these people to get them to leave you alone or take your chances in the river again. Dive into the Sarkoth or fight to the death. K 
Can you get an infected wound in D&D world? I think you can. There's traditionally a constitution save, and you can fail it. Diving into an underground river that's next to a big old medieval city? That's a bad time with that open wound. Here's the thing, though. We're only in this predicament because we refuse to run away from a fight. And now that it looks like the fight is going to be hard, we're like, oh, I guess we should run away now. No, that's some bullshit. We got to stop and fight. I got to disagree with you there, Ian. We've been reading a fight scene for a long time now, and I want to read a drowning in a river scene while we get nasty infections. That's a good point. It's just for the variety. It's for the listeners. We give them a little bit of everything. A little role-playing, a little combat, a little drowning in a river. The three pillars of D&D. Yeah, we, we, did not, uh, we did not effectively adventure this time. Like, uh, <laughs> this is basically as close to complete failure as I think we can get, right? I just wanted to pet a baby griffin. This is, where, this is where it's gotten. I just wanted to pet. You know how when he's dying in Gladiator, he remembers, like, he dreams about uh, touching that wheat? <laughs> you remember that shot? That except those soft, soft eagle feathers. Yeah. Yeah. And then he slips, slips into the oblivion. Stop that thief! Fun Dunson shouts. But it's too late for anyone to manage it. You charge out onto the pier and dive straight over the edge. You take a big last breath before you disappear beneath the Sargoth's chilly black surface. You swim as deep and as far as possible until your lungs can no longer hold out. When you can't take it any longer, you struggle back up to the surface and emerge, gasping for precious air. You gotta get rid of that regular air. Glancing back, you see that you're far from the tavern now, well out of range of anyone standing on the pier, even if they were wearing a bow. Nope. <laughs> even if... We <laughs> <laughs> bow, Mark. What, what does this... Bearing, I think. Even if they were bearing a bow? Uh, yeah, if they were holding in front of them the front of a ship. What? Oh, bearing but, a bow. Like if they had bows and arrow to shoot at you. Yeah. Oh, Mark. yeah, yeah. Did you guys... <laughs> I, yeah, I really couldn't. Even if they were bearing a bow, you wouldn't be scared from this far out in the river. <laughs> You're scared of dying, not spooky ghosts. It sweeps you farther from Skullport, drawing you straight toward what appears to be the solid wall of the cavern's side. The wound in your side shoots pain with every stroke, and all your efforts do little to slow your progress toward your inevitable doom. Also, you're like three feet tall, so you're not exactly built for swimming. As the, as the wall fast approaches, you brace yourself for the unavoidable impact. Instead, in the blink of an eye, you pass through some kind of a magical portal in the wall! Yawning portal! You wind up somewhere else entirely, far from Skullport and beneath an open sky. Oh, we're, we're dying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is what death yeah. is in the D&D world. For sure. <laughs> Stars twinkle down at you, and you take a moment to cheer your incredible luck. You see your great-grandmother, who you thought was dead. You touch some wheat. <laughs> <laughs> Inya plays you out. You soon realize you're alone and lost on some distant shoreline, far from help and home. But wherever you are, at least you'll die free. What the fuck? The end. Yeah. Well, it wasn't quite the ending I thought we were going to get when we jumped <laughs> wounded into this river. Where did, where did we fuck up? Should we have not? We shouldn't have mentioned the uh, Xanathar, right? Like that. That's where we fucked up. Yeah, I think I think choosing the fight was the point where we kind of like leaned into our own demise. Uh, also, we jammed that knife right into the chest of Fundansan. Oh, fuck. Did we kill Fundansan? Fundansan set. We, we certainly <laughs> knifed his chest. <laughs> <laughs> that's his entire funeral <laughs> that's it. He, said, he, he looks at he looks down at the hole in his chest and he says oh fun done sunset and he slumps down and slides into the river uh yeah so that was to catch a thief honestly pretty good right yeah yeah i mean a lot of a lot of reading a lot, lot of words but i think it's fun because the world is so like rich and, and like dumb you know like everything is a new yeah dumb thing it definitely shows though we're like Regular boozer or choose your own adventure books are kind of like, this world doesn't really exist. We just kind of threw some words onto this page, and who cares? No one's ever going to write the Atlas of Evil Power Master Town. Uh, <laughs> you mean besides us, right? Right. Because what's the Purple Days War? Yeah, Purple Days War. Um, Haymog and Aruth. Thought Speed Travel. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so it good. Is very we got to dive back Guys, into that. Guys, a role playing game set in the EPM universe. <laughs> That about does it for us this week on Booze Your Own Adventure. Uh, from the world of the Undermountain, I've been Ian. I'm Chris. And I'm Mark. And until next time, always choose responsibly.
Tim Allen Rickman. <laughs>